Welcome to You've Seen Me. I'm Alana. And I'm Gabriel. And we're back with our post-mortem for UFC 288. Let's get into it. The opposite of boxing occurred in the first fight of the night, which was Cron Gracie versus Charles Jourdain. You were looking uh, forward to this fight, and <laughs> you had put your money down on the Gracie. I did. I and. Man, my parlay was not good this week. It was I, actually I don't think since we started the podcast I've gotten one parlay, which is kind of sad. Uh, I've been close, I but mean, five out of five is really hard to get. It, it is. It is. Um, I mean, you're the math teacher. I'll let you do the math <laughs> to see like uh, if it was just straight fifty fifty. What are the odds of that? Um, one in thirty two. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Did you come prepared with that? Did you know no, I was going to ask you that? It's, it's one over two to the power of five. <laughs> Love it. So I guess, you know, on episode uh, 36, I'll finally win my parlay. <laughs> exactly. uh, say, stay tuned with us because yes. uh, we'll make it one day. Yeah. Um, we did not make it this weekend because Cron Gracie, man, I mean, he just dropped the ball. I, I really don't know what he was doing. He was very flat footed. He marched forward. He didn't he, he didn't keep he kept his head on the center line. So he was getting tagged quite easily by uh, his opponent. And you know what he had in mind. He wanted to take it to the ground. And so he would pull guard or he would scoot around on his butt that was a little so bit. Embarrassing. Man. Or like the other guy would stand up and he's just like <laughs> literally scooting towards him on the ground like, bro. Man, it, it, it was like you kind expect him to come to you. That's wild. Right. He's like, yeah, c come down here. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Brazilian jiu jitsu savant. So why don't you just like that was hard to watch. It was honestly hard to watch. He did it several times throughout the fight. It was. Oh, and, and the thing is, even when he had his opponent in his guard, he wasn't really able to do much. Yeah. I mean, he would like kind of kick him with his heels. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe that just goes to show the discipline and the distance management of Charles and and just how good he is um, because he knew he had to fight strategically yeah. he had to fight his fight and he just you know made it happen and and he made Kron look like he didn't belong there yeah but did he though well I mean if, if you compare his last two fights yeah he's at that level mm -hmm. to be able to to be competitive with uh, UFC mm -hmm. um, athletes yeah after this performance yeah. I don't know if he comes back. I really don't. Because, I mean, I was praising praising him before this fight, but yeah. it looks like he just wasn't able to make the adjustments he's mm -hmm. he needed to. And after such a long layoff, maybe it was ring rust. Who knows? You know, he's, he's not getting any younger either. I mean, Charles Jourdain has a big name uh, on his uh, win column now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where the rest of 2023 takes him because after a good solid win like this on a main card we'll probably see more of him in months to come all right next fight we had mobster Evloya versus diego lopez so this one gave me anxiety <laughs> to watch i mean wow so this fight was a last minute replacement fight Right. Because Bryce Mitchell, unfortunately, suffered an injury during, I mean, he probably suffered it maybe before, but they had to call it off. And this was during fight week. And they call up Diego, who is hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. This is his debut on oh, really? like five days notice or something like that. Uh -huh. He's like, okay, I'm going to fight an undefeated Russian. Are you kidding me? Man. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He had a few few moments where it looked like he he might have had him. And then I remember like at the final the final submission, like it looked pretty bad. But then we looked at his face. We looked at Yevloyev's face, and he was just like, "No, he stone was like, cold." No, like I, he was shaking his head like, "There's no way I'm giving this up." Wow, yeah. wow. Because okay, so you were looking at his face. Uh-huh. I was looking at the face of Diego. Oh yeah. And his face was just, you know, if you haven't watched the fight, go watch the last round, last minute of the last round, because Diego cinches up. Uh, I believe it was a knee bar, which is. Oh, any joint lock, yeah. I am just – I see it, and I get so much anxiety. I love fights. I love martial arts, but something about that. I mean, just yeah. watching it. And and Diego, his face was contorted, and he was gritting his teeth because he's pulling with everything that he has on this knee, pushing it in a direction it's not supposed to go That's to wild. get this fight. And Mobsar is just stone cold, yeah. shaking his head. You yeah. know? Oof. So Mobsar is undefeated. Yeah, still. It was a very tough fight. I think Diego really deserves all the props. And he put on such a great fight. And there were moments where he actually cracked him on the feet as well. I believe that there were three submission attempts that almost got Mobsar. One armbar, one Kimura that I thought may have ended it. But Mobsar was so composed, he kind of flipped out of it. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, yeah, yeah, he yes. had to roll out yes. of it in order to get space to to defend. Yeah, man, uh, Diego just was always looking for the win the entire time, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to get those submission attempts, and because of that, the majority of the fight he was in a non-dominant position, and mm-hmm. he landed less significant strikes while standing. So Mavsar got the victory, got the W, and he's still undefeated. Yeah, I'm just looking at, at that fight, and man, Mobster had a lot of strikes on him. 228 compared to 82. Ooh, Yeah, that wow. was just the total, not the significant, but... Wow. Or landed. But Diego had four submission attempts on him. I think Diego's stock is only going to rise, mm. right? Because it's your first fight, it's your debut in the UFC, and it's short notice, and you go up against an undefeated fighter yeah. that's very, uh, you know, ranked fairly high, and uh, you put on a show like that. I, I hope they got performance of the night. In this case, I mean, give Diego a great matchup and, and feature him on the main card. That's what I say, um, because you know he he comes to fight, and and he put on in my mind, I think it was between that and the main event, but definitely it could have been performance or fight of the night. And in fact, it was. I just looked it up. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Fight of the night aside, we also had... Whoa, 50, 50 grand apiece? Yeah. For fight of the night. Yeah. Wow. And, and sometimes you can get multiple bonuses. So wow. you could also have performance of the night, which is specific to one athlete. So you could mm-hmm. have a fight of the night and then performance of the night as well. And then you have a 100K bonus. That's kind of in, in place to incentivize fighters to you know go for finishes go for knockouts not play it safe and give the fans a a better show yeah well speaking of performance of the night it was the next fighter how do you pronounce her name yan zhao nan yeah i think it's yan zhao nan zhao nan this was i mean i didn't see it coming yeah yan has never had a knockout Uh uh-huh all of her wins in the ufc have been by decision and Jessica Andrade is known for, you know, getting finishes. And 
in the first round, Jessica gets knocked out. Man. She was coming forward like the, you know, like a pit bull that she is, aggressive, stomping forward. She does kind of a jumping left hook. And on that same side, as she's throwing it, and her momentum is going that way, Jan kind of slips and comes over the top with kind of an overhand right Mm -hmm. and clips her, puts her on her butt, and then finishes the fight. I was shook. Yeah. Right? After the last fight with Mofsar, which was an amazing fight, uh, to have this surprise was amazing. And, um, you know, I'm sad for Jessica, Mm -hmm. but good for Jan. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's a huge win, especially in her career. If she's looking to make one last kind of run to get that title fight, this was perfect for her. And this is exactly what she needed. So unfortunately, Jessica's going to have to go back to the drawing board. I think maybe take a little bit of time off. I know she's been fairly active. You know, reassess, make a few changes. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still top of the division. Stuff like that just happens in fights, and you never know, right? Even yeah. against somebody that's gotten only decisions, that can always happen. Yeah. In the first round, no less. Yeah. And Jan looked just so, so happy to win. It was awesome to see. Totally. So let's keep on moving. The next fight was a co-main event. And oddly enough, it did not live up to the hype that mm. I thought it would. This fight was between Gilbert Burns versus Bilal Muhammad, a last-minute kind of uh, matchup of the top contenders in, in their divisions. And the winner of this fight will get the next shot at the title after the current challenger fights the current top contender. And uh, so this is a very important fight. In the first round, it it was pretty boring. I I got the sense that they were trying to feel feel each other out. They don't want to take too much risk because this is such an important fight. But what happened was Gilbert went for a takedown and there was a scramble. And during that scramble, he ripped or tore part of his shoulder. I don't know the details about what exactly ripped, but because of this injury on his shoulder, his offensive output on the stand-up and even grappling was very limited. And I believe because of that, Bilal was able to just outstrike him and defend any takedowns Mm -hmm. the whole fight, which, by the way, was a five-round fight. I I actually thought it was only going to be three, but I I guess they made it a five-round event. It's kind of sad to see that, unfortunately, this may have impacted Gilbert's ability to uh, perform at his highest potential. Yeah. But he didn't give up for a second. He kept trying to win the fight, which uh, kind of a moral victory, I guess you could, uh, one might look at it that way. But um, Bilal, even though he had an injury to his left ankle, he kept throwing lots of body kicks, lots of head kicks, and basically just outstruck Gilbert Burns the entire fight. I honestly had maybe even every round going to Bilal. And I, I think the judges, it was a unanimous decision for Bilal. So Gilbert Burns, after a wicked tear, he's back on the loss column. And I think he needs to take some time, heal up, and um, you know get back at it when he's ready. Was it was it Gilbert who's had like several fights now this year already? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Multiple you, you fights. had I remember you had mentioned this in the previous podcast that, that it might just be too soon for him to come back and he needed more time to recover. Maybe that could have played mm-hmm. a part. Maybe he was overtrained and his body wasn't able to uh, um, kind of bear the weight. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Um, w- when it comes to fights, you can be fully rested. Yeah. And prepared for the fight, but then a freak injury happens. Yeah. It it, it is too bad. And Bilal, I mean, he's got it. 
finally, after a very long time, he's basically ensured a title shot after Leon Edwards fights Colby uh, Covington. Right. So the winner of that, whoever's a champion, their first defense is going to be against Bilal Muhammad. And we'll see um, how it goes. Yeah. So moving from the somewhat lackluster co-main event into the main event, man, the main event delivered because Henry Cejudo, he brought all the cringe <laughs> leading up yeah. to the, uh, the fight itself. And Aljo, I mean, he put on a performance that is becoming of a real UFC champion. Uh-huh. Um, before we get into the fight, I think we should just briefly talk about their stare down uh, yeah. leading up to the fight. Yeah, you sent me the video. So he he brought the pillows with him. He had he had Sterling on the pillow, and I think he booted what like three of them into the crowd. Yeah, so he <laughs> <laughs> he had so a whole double bag full of he, pillows. He had one of those um like baby uh-huh. uh, chest uh, carrying oh, devices, yeah. right? Yeah. So he had a pillow in uh-huh. there, and he was walking it, and on the pillow was the face of Aljamain Sterling, and then he boots it into the crowd, and then he takes out. I believe the next pillow had a face of Sugar Sean O'Malley. <laughs> and, of course, Sugar Sean O'Malley we'll talk about at the end of the fight because uh-huh. he entered the octagon. And the, the last pillow was Alexander Volkanovsky. Right. And so the plan was of this fight, you know, uh, if you haven't watched the fight, spoiler alert, unfortunately, Henry lost the fight by split decision. Uh, so the, the win went to Aljamain. But his plan was to first beat pillow number one, Aljo, uh-huh. then fight and defend his title against pillow number two, Sugar Sean O'Malley, yeah. and then move up weight classes and challenge for another belt against Alexander Volkanovsky. So yeah. that was his plan. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way because Aljamain was able to get uh, edge out a split decision victory against uh, Henry Cejudo. And it was it was a very, very, very competitive fight. So let's talk about it. Let's. So in this fight, the first round, I think, went to Aljo. It was pretty close until the very end where Aljamain was able to secure, I think, a takedown and, and then get dominant position and just do some punishing knees to the body. And so at the end of the first, I mean, you're thinking it's all Aljo. But in the second, just like how I mentioned in our previous podcast, Henry's one of Henry's best abilities isn't his natural athleticism, but his ability to make adjustments. Right. And in the second round, his round, it was all him. And and he came back very composed, uh, landed some decent strikes. And I think in that round, he secured his own takedown, as well as defending takedowns against Aljo. Now, rounds three and four, you know, it's it could go either way. And, and there's a lot of debate online on who won those rounds. And of course the judges, most of them agreed that uh, um, Aljo won those rounds. Aljo fought a very tenacious fight and he made a lot of good adjustments on on his side too. But he seemed bigger Mm. and he seemed relentless in his takedowns and longer um, in the striking department. I don't know if you remember this, but there's one takedown that forced Henry to do basically the splits. Uh, Aljo went for a, a takedown, and Henry split his legs oh wide uh-huh. so he couldn't connect his his hands together uh-huh. to to get the takedown against the cage. But the, like he just kept doing the splits, Whoa. and I had no idea he was so flexible. Yeah, it was actually kind of impressive. Yeah, and um, I think he did defend that takedown. But yeah, there's a lot of other fun moments 
I remember in in the fifth round, I personally had it 2-2. Henry uh, gets a key takedown, but he basically gets the leg, and he's on one side of the uh, the octagon. Yeah. Gets the leg, elevates it, puts it above his head, and starts charging across the cage because he knows he needs to get this takedown. He needs to get this round, yeah. and he just puts it all out there and just like – Basically, it felt like he was shot putting the leg up while running across the octagon. It was an awesome takedown. He also showed his wrestling in a great inside trip. And in wrestling, I was always like not very good at inside trips. I, I wish I would have done more Greco because Greco was just so cool to watch. Like, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that, that was really great. Whereas Aljamain Sterling was more like attacking the legs. A really great fight. At the end of the day, it went to Aljamain. I personally had Henry winning. Maybe that's a hot take, but I had Henry winning round two, three, and five. Right. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch the fights, but um, it kind of reminded me of his fight against Demetrius Johnson when he won the flyweight title. In key places, he got takedowns and gained a dominant position, and I thought he had done enough. But, you know, the judges didn't see it his way. And in fact, one judge, I think Derek clearly was the swing judge. He gave Aljamain round five, which I, I don't know how you give Aljamain round five. Mm. But by giving Aljamain round five, it was enough for Aljo to have two judges give him the win and yeah. then the split decision. So it really came down to uh, the wire here. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Now, after the fight, there's a little bit of drama. Okay. So I'm after the fight, the uh, we love the drama. Yep. And it's interesting how WWE and UFC are now under the parent company. Maybe they're trying to uh -huh. like, you know, become more showmanship after the fight and yeah. whatnot. But it, it, it was an interesting interaction because Sean O'Malley was there wearing uh, a red jacket and Aljo calls him out. Sugar Sean O'Malley gets up and he walks into the octagon and he takes off his jacket and he's kind of like talking trash against Aljo and they're doing this to build a fight. Now while they're doing this, Aljo's one of Aljo's training partner and a very high ranked fighter in that same division named Marab Duvalishvili uh -huh. takes the jacket, puts it on himself and starts strutting around the octagon, right? Because he's ranked as high or right. within the same range as Sugar Sean. Uh -huh. And so he's he's doing that. And he gets on the cage and he's flexing <laughs> and, and then Sugar Sean looks and he's like, wait a minute, where's my jacket? Yeah. Right. Because, you know, he's shirtless and and a scuffle starts to break out as he's trying to get his jacket. And Marab is just trolling him the entire uh, time. And so it kind of turned into a bit of a gong show after the stare down. And, uh, yeah, Dana White was not happy about it. Like, Dana White hates surprises like uh -huh. that because you never know if it could be, you know, turned into something yeah. you know, worse. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I, I thought it was super funny yeah. to see Marab just, like, the whole week he's kind of been in the background. Yeah. Even in the press conference, he was trash-talking Henry Cejudo. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was super funny. And, by the way, I think he wore it better. I think he wore the, the red take. jacket way better than Sugar Sean. Hot take. Um, but, yeah, tell us what you guys think. We had a great time watching the fights. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Henry Cejudo decides to stick around. As for Aljo, I mean, he has my respect as a champion because this was a tough fight and put it out there and, and he got the victory. So 
Um, you know, I think they both should be proud, and I can't wait to see uh, what the future holds for the division because things are moving. All right. Well, looking forward to the next card. So do, uh, do you remember who's on the next card? I don't. Okay. Let's, let's find let's, out. Let's, let's find out. Let's see what's in store for the next step. Um, oh, oh, this is the one that's supposed to be held in Canada, I think. Yeah, it's going to be in BC. So the main event is Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. So originally, this fight was supposed to be a trilogy fight between Amanda Nunes and mm -hmm. Juliana Pena. Right. Unfortunately, Juliana has suffered an injury and cannot fight. So we have another top contender in Irene Aldana stepping up to the plate. And we also have another great uh, top contender fight, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. Originally, it was supposed to be on this card. Unfortunately, I think some sort of injury mm -hmm. pushed it back. So they're going to be fighting on June 10th. And that is going to decide, you know, who's who's the real top contender in that division. We also got uh, a few other fights that uh, we're looking forward to, to chatting about. Um, if you have any questions about any of the fighters coming up or any of the fights coming up or just anything related to MMA in general, feel free to uh, uh, give us uh, a shout at our email at mail at UFCandme.com. Yeah, well... Uh, thanks to thanks to everyone who's listening, following along. Thanks to Ashley Tiffany for the use of our theme song, Cheap Hair. And thanks to you, Gabe, for watching the fights with me, for doing all the research, and for chatting with me on this late Tuesday night. <laughs> Thank you to you, Alana, for producing the podcast and for just being such an amazing person. I love chatting with you, and this is so fun to do. Me too. Well, you guys, it's been fun. Looking forward to chatting again next time. Hope you have a good week and, and remember, a good night and a good life. And a good life. <laughs> Enjoy the fights. Yeah, see you later, friends. Please.